Welcome to Spiritist Conversations, a show where we sit down with friends and talk about things through a spiritist lens in an informal, unscripted, and unplugged way. I'm your host, Dan Assisi. This is episode 19. How do we know we are getting more spiritual? This is also the episode that was not planned. I, Flavio, and Mackenzie found ourselves talking Mackenzie's house in Salem, Massachusetts, when we decided that we ought to put this conversation on record. This is the result. We hope you enjoy it. All right. Welcome to our Spiritist Conversations. Live-ish. <laughs> or should we say outdoor-ish? Outdoor-ish. Yeah. Um, and you know, Spiritist Conversations is a show where we get together with friends to talk about things, anything in life, through a Spiritist lens, in an informal and unscripted way. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of being here at Mackenzie's Backyard, which is a lovely place. Uh, we're out here in Massachusetts. Um, uh, Salem, Salem, Massachusetts. A very spiritual place. Oh, true that. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Nope. Um, and you also heard his voice. I also have a chance of being here with my good friend, Flavio. And mm. every year we kind of get together. And you might have listened to a previous episode about Jurespi. Yeah, that's um, But we're not talking about Jurespi today. We were sitting here in his wonderful backyard. And we're going to ask them to introduce themselves in a little bit, too. Um, it is... Getting close to summer, the temperature is beautiful, the trees are rustling, the wind is blowing, the temperature is perfect, and we were having a conversation about when do we know that we are getting more spiritual? When do we know we are this stuff becoming, is becoming more spiritualized or a more spiritual person? Yeah. I think this is... And then, and then because I am insensitive, I stopped the conversation and said, oh, wait, 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 we should get this on our podcast. Um, and so this is what we're doing. So before we jump into it, I want to pass the mic to my good friend, Flavio. Hello, everybody. Uh, Flavio Zanetti here, back with you guys. I hope you're enjoying Spiritist Conversations. It's a show that we get together with friends. And we talk about spiritual things. And today, even more so, how do we know we can, we're getting more spiritual as the day goes by? So from Boston, from our backyard, Salem, Massachusetts, where it is a very spiritual place as well. So welcome, everybody. Yeah, and we also have here uh, who I consider to be a brother from another mother, uh, which I see once a year, our good friend Mackenzie. Mackenzie, say hello. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Flavio. Not to me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are here again. Uh, usually once a year we get together, like Flavio said and Daniel said, when we usually invite uh, Daniel to come here to Massachusetts to participate in our uh, event. That's usually in, on, in June. And he accepted the invitation this year again. And so here we are. This time, instead of being in, in a enclosed space we are here at this very lovely lovely place that I call home um, not only the town but also my my personal house but it's uh, it's a pleasure not because I'm at home but in, but because I'm home with 
like Daniel said, with brothers, with real good friends, people that we can look in the eye and cry and laugh. <laughs> and a very beautiful house with a very beautiful backyard. You might be hearing the airplanes, you know, going by or behind us. So it is very net a lot of nature yeah. around us, which is great. We are taking our what we call the, our St. Francis of Assisi approach. <laughs> We're going out into the fields, into the wild. Well, even though it's not the wild, really. It's a yeah, there's a lot of asphalt everywhere. But it's just beautiful. Okay. So um, this is what we are about. Clearly, as you can tell, uh, this is not a professional endeavor. Um, but we are we're here having this conversation. And um, uh, these guys kicked up a great conversation. We were talking about different experiences. And how do we know that that which we learn about spirituality and life after life um, how do we know that's taking hold? How, does, how do we know that it's actually transforming our lives? Because many times, at least for me, I don't know if it's okay with you guys, I read all about these things and I try to be a better human being and I ask myself, is it really working? Right? Is it really making a difference? And there are a couple of incidents in my life where I realized that that was indeed the case because um, in retrospect... I behaved in a way that I wasn't expecting in a good way, right? So um, so for me, for instance, I one of the instances in which I realized that all these wonderful things I've been learning about uh, life after life and reincarnation, they were really making a difference in my heart was when my dad passed away. I think I mentioned this briefly maybe on our first episode. Um, but when my dad did, I, I, would, I had the pleasure and the I call the honor of being in that space uh, my mom was there as well and my mom went out for a smoke because she smokes still much to my chagrin and I give her a hard time for that uh, but when she left I had a conversation with my dad who was in uh, basically like a coma state uh, for a couple of days and I and I said dad you know mom is out this will be a perfect time if you're ready to make that transition that he has always spoken to me about and the stuff of movies basically happened, right? I looked at the monitor and the heartbeat started to decrease, decrease, decrease until it basically flatlined. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems, still seems like a magical thing, uh, but I felt very honored because um, that's what he wanted to teach me in many ways, right? And as a father today, I realized that, right? Um, yep. But the really great thing is that I thought that afterwards I was going to be floor or be in denial for a while. And I was really worried about myself maybe bursting out later in some pent-up anger or exploding. Like, you know, maybe my wife would, like, drop a glass and then I would go off of her, right? Because I felt like I needed to be traumatized by his death you know, to, you to... Because that's what's expected or, like, mm -hmm. did I not love him? enough and that's why I didn't suffer right because I always had this idea that people in your family die and the wind is blowing and we're almost gone with the wind here but not really but my idea was you have to cry to show your affections when people die right Dan before you get to the uh, the, the uh, end results I have a question here that uh, begs to be asked what drove you to have that heart to heart conversation with your dad because, oh, what do you think was the reason for that? Well, yeah, about, about letting go? Yeah. yeah, well, I think at that point, right, um, I am no doctor. 
um, well, no medical doctor. Um, uh, sometimes I forget I have a doctor. You are a doctor. I technically am a doctor, <laughs> but don't ask me for prescriptions because um, I'm not that kind of doctor. But uh, because, you know, um, he was already 70-something years old. He's had a trouble past. Like he had heart problems and was diabetic and many different things going on. And he went in for, um, he fell down and hurt his, uh, you know, his waist. Um, and it was supposed to be a routine thing. Of all the medical problems he had before, this is one we were not worried about, right? Um, and so he went into, uh, I talked to my mom before, I talked to him before, I read the phone, and my mom, I told my mom, as usual, right? Because I was getting worried, he's getting older, you know, I start to reflect about his mom. If anything goes sideways, you tell me, and I'm flying there. And my mom's like, oh, don't worry. It's going to be too much trouble for you. Don't come. It's going to be a routine thing. Uh, but then she did call me and say, I think that your dad is in trouble. The surgery was going to be okay. He had a like a cardiac arrest during the thing. They had to bring him back, and mm -hmm. he was gone for like a couple of minutes. I don't remember the details. Not important. Um, and then I, I got that my mom to say that. Uh, something was happening, so so I, I flew out there. So when I got there, he was already in this coma state where he wasn't speaking anymore. Right, he was a lot in the machines, and um, yep. so that was a a difficult thing, right? So in that particular moment, I we knew as a family already that um, this was, was not going to be the outcome that we all wanted, which is he would just kind of recover, right? Um, you know, he had many different problems, kind of. Um, I'm not a doctor, but like, you know, his heart was in trouble, his kidney wasn't doing well, yeah. right? He wasn't it's necessarily breathing yeah. well on his own, right? So there's all these things that were kind of like developing. Um, and so we had had um, the time to come together and say, and talk to our doctor and say, I think this is it. Right? So we had a couple of days of, which by the way, I think is a blessing, right? Because Absolutely. oftentimes we think this like more drawn out things are really hard. But I, I personally would much rather have that than a sudden passing, passing, passing like an accident mm -hmm. or whatever. I think that's harder, personally, to cope with. Yeah, I, I, I cannot agree with you more. I think the, um, actually, I know the, uh, the time somebody spends, you know, in a hospital already, you know, before the overall passing, it is the, uh, the medicine that that person needs. And also, usually, oftentimes, the family needs as well, right? Uh, as you know, same thing happened to my mom when she uh, had the... Um, the stroke she was in the hospital for 11 months and she ended up you know, not really uh, being able to recover from her uh, condition there but the time that one spends before passing I do believe it's the uh, it's the medicine it's the, the, the uh, really what's needed for the particular spirit or for us as well the family to really cope with the situation to understand what's 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 happening and to really make you know preparations for the future yeah yeah, I agree. I think that I like looking back on my personal experience. I can see how that was a blessing because it gives you the time to prepare, right? And I think you probably had the same opportunity as I did. And I was, I had a chance to tell my dad one more time, you know, that I love you. Mm -hmm. um, I know that he he was registering it, but he couldn't talk back to me. Um, you know, you you tell him all those things that you you think about, um, and so in a way, I know that it's painful and difficult for all of us but I think that I would take that approach than the sudden death piece that I talked to you about Yeah, uh, and I think that you guys as a family had that time as well we right? did yes absolutely We've had, we had uh, 11 months that we were able to spend time with her not for a couple of months that she was still in a uh, 
induced coma for you know 60 days uh-huh. by the time she got to the hospital. But then after, she was conscientious. She was, she was she listened to us. Sometimes she was able to speak and everything. But I get I get the uh, I guess the question that I wanted to ask is, uh, how does the knowledge of spiritism, uh, how did the knowledge of spiritism, help you? Really navigate or or maneuver those very difficult moments, nevertheless, in a way that you now see. Yes, thanks to spiritism, I did this as opposed to that. Yeah, and that's what I think. That's where I was going to go to, which is great. Thank you for that, Flavio, because this is not about death and dying, right? Um, although everything we do in life is, in a way, about death and dying. If you think about it, if there's right one certainty that we have, as Benjamin Franklin says, other than taxes is, is death. death, and yet we talk so little about it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but to go to your question, and I want to see if Mackenzie wants to chime in here too. I think that by exercising that muscle of thinking about the fact that life goes on after the physical body, and in Spiritism specifically, and that's one of the reasons I like Spiritism so much, is to actually have proof of that. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, um, because of the mediumship aspect, aspect of Spiritism, uh, I'm not a medium myself, not an extensive medium as we call it, but I, I do, I am part of and have been part of different mediumistic groups and uh, where we do spiritual rescue and so forth. I, I have underestimated how much the contact with the spiritual world on a regular basis has strengthened my faith that that spiritual world is indeed the true wor- world, yeah. right? Because... Um, besides the scientific aspect, which I really enjoy and like, but I think that the practice of knowing like what actually happens and how things are on the other side has put me at ease. At ease? Because I think that every philosophy or doctrine or religion, whatever you want to call it out there, that they, deals with spirituality, tells you of life to come. Mm-hmm. They tell you that there is a future life. Something else beyond right? grave, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me which I need to understand things before I can really digest them, Spiritism has shown me that there is, right? Uh, and so I have experienced these things. I have many other experiences where I've had seen and interacted with spiritual communications um, that, you know, I didn't take for granted, but I didn't think it was going to change me to the level where I would not completely fall apart when my dad passed away. Because I thought I was going to completely fall apart because I love my dad so much. Yeah, right. And I can definitely, you know, empathize with what you're saying because I, th- I felt the same. My mom being, you know, my, my role model for throughout my life, right? My dad as well, but more my mom because she actually spent time with us while my dad was working a lot, really, you know, provide to the family. Mm-hmm. She has given us, and myself and my sister, right, all of, pretty much all of we know, uh, our basic steps towards spiritism. She taught us, you know, pretty much, you know, how to be a, a better person, a better son, a better daughter, a better human being. And just imagining the uh, the uh, the the option to not having her closely or close to me, I thought that was gonna just go crazy. But you know, it didn't happen like that. To the point that um, through all her, you know, time in the hospital, oftentimes I caught myself praying that wishing for the best for her. Not necessarily her, you know, physical recovery, which I think as you and I have talked before, Mackenzie, right? Yeah. It is um, is a very selfishless, right, uh, or selfless ask for you for one to do. It really resonates with what where life should really be, right? Which is our spiritual life. But Mackenzie, what about you? Tell us <laughs> what do you think about all this? 
You've been awfully quiet. Yeah, the first yeah, time. Yeah. He's being reflective. He's reflective. Yeah. reflective. He's yeah. being he's not quiet. We are the loud and boisterous. He's actually the thoughtful one. Trying to to learn and and sync all these these experiences because up to this moment, there was no one in my life that I really had to uh, to go through like the stories that Flavio and and Dan just just told us a little bit at least. Um, but I when I think about this, what I um, w the knowledge or this this spirituality coming into to us or to me is that I think when we are able and Daniel just said it I mean if we if we try to experience that in every single aspect of my life and being in contact with that idea because see if I want to learn how to write there's no way to learn how to write without trying to write right and it will be hard nobody will understand it nobody will be able to figure out if that's an A, an E, a C, a Z, whatever it is. Uh, all our kids, we ourselves went through this. If I know about, uh, about spiritual life, like you guys said, any major religion or philosophy or talks about it. So everybody knows about it. Maybe they don't think about coming back, but they all know that they survive. But knowing that mm -hmm. this sur survival is something true, because I, the other day I was at, at um, in, in work talking to, to a good friend of mine there, and I said, I said to her, um, you know, um, you're a Christian, I am a Christian, and we have, I, I, and I said to her, I have this deep belief that um, we survive after that, and I think you have it too. And she looks at me in a, in a kind of a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Give you the look. Yeah, no, she, 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 maybe she never thought of it the way I said it, and she, and you have it too, and because if you don't believe it, you would not be a Christian, because we only we are only Christians because Jesus came back, and he died and he he Promised returned. Kingdom, yeah. And and so he is alive after he died. Mm -hmm. So we will be alive after we die. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we uh, of course people can discuss and talk about this, and it doesn't yeah. uh, it it doesn't matter that discussion. The idea is uh, when that really starts to make sense to me. Mm -hmm. When does that really sink in and say, "Hey, I'm talking about this, but this is not an abstraction. This is something that's real." And I guess yeah. that Spiritism does that thing to us because it makes us think more about this than regular than regular when you say sorry I, I hate to interrupt you no, but that's okay. when you say this oh you like it stop I it. actually do <laughs> when you say this what are you referring to I'm referring to the idea of um, talking about li di dying but not dying living and but not living the real life like spiritual life spiritual life Got yeah it. Got it's it. the idea of that I am not a mortal being. I am an immortal being. I was created once, and then I'm not going to die ever again. Although I'm, I'm, quote unquote, dying. My body, which is I think the right thing to say, my body, mm -hmm. and not my spirit. I am a spirit yeah. with a body. Yeah. So spiritism repeats that so frequently to us and makes us really think about this in a, such a different way that it starts to make more sense. Of course, we can only test this when something comes, yeah. which is the same idea of learning how to write. Yeah. 
you will do it. You will you will repeat it. You go uh, to the motions. Yeah. yeah. But then once then there will be something in the school as a test. The teacher will put a blank page there with some questions for you, and you're going to have to write about it. That's when you know. And I didn't have any you know, major experiences like you guys had, uh, like you were you're telling. But when you see other experiences like this, and you see other people going through that, that live with you, and then they, they recover quickly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not like what Dan said. Sometimes we may go through the motions of really kind of going into a little bit of a desperation. But yeah. that idea that yeah. Spiritism brings to us is so strong that it makes right after that, maybe after one day or one sleep night, one rest, then you say and then you stop and think, okay, so it's not as bad as it, it, uh, the world tells me it would be. I need to do something else. I need to. So you start to get out of it maybe a little quicker. It's not that you're, you don't suffer. It's not that yes. you necessarily yes. don't Absolutely. feel it. Yes. No, it's not. It's that idea that, okay, now I know I have some kind of tools how to and, and learned how to deal with it in a different yes. way. And thank you for saying that because I didn't mean to give an impression to anybody who was listening that, that you shouldn't or it's not okay for you to feel that. Of course, yeah, we're yeah. all going to hurt. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I think that I really like the way you put it, Mackenzie, the, that the lows are not as long, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. we're still going to feel, we're still going to hurt. Yeah. And we're still going to miss those we love. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I we're human. My, I miss my mom every day. Yeah. I miss her every day. Yeah. But I do know that what's happened to her and what happened to our family is for the best. Mm -hmm. We learn. So for me, what spiritism does, that I think it's magical. It's, it really gives us this toolbox that we, we can use for every single difficult moment of our lives. And sometimes, or oftentimes, we don't pay attention to them. Even moments that we don't just take for granted, for example, right? Spiritism gives us these tools that are able to, okay, for this type of you know, activities or events, I'm, I'm going to use one tool. For those events, I'm going to use a different tool. I think it's a big toolbox that we can have at our you know, fingertips in order to really navigate through these traumatic slash difficult slash, you know, you know, I mean, tough moments, right? Yeah. That we all have to and, go through. And create the, the happy ones too, right? Because I think that um, we were also talking before we turned the mic on about making every moment count because sometimes we are going through the motions and we forget about what truly is important because we lose our way a little bit with that. I don't mean like lose our way, but like, you know, like there's so many things happening that there's a mortgage, there's a kids, there's a family, and maybe we're not present in the moment, right? And maybe this is what the whole mindfulness piece is about. It's like, be present in whatever it is that you're doing and yeah, take the most of it, right? Give 100%. Uh, because then we, maybe we would be less distracted about everything that's around us and focus on what really matters, which is our relationships, ourselves, What's what important. we want to do, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's a great point. Um, so when, 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 when did you realize, Mackenzie, that, you know, maybe this stuff is sinking in, right? So when I realized... Uh, one, one day when I was very young, and I'm not saying that, that that's when it happened, but the very first time that this thought came to my mind was when in a gospel study for, for the youth group in the center that I was, um, the, the, the educator there, the person that was taking care of, of, of us, the youngsters at the time, 
not that I'm not young now, but you're young. Uh, <laughs> was <laughs> younger. Uh, <laughs> uh, you look great uh, <laughs> for '94. <laughs> so uh, she asked, um, "What do you think you would be doing if you were not here?" At the I study, see, I see, I see. Uh -huh. And then I started. That's when the for the first time, that question, which of course leads to this, uh, who would I be different if I didn't have all that knowledge or all that information or all that guidance that I had up to that moment? And that question is always with me. Has always been with me. And I have to say that. Um, maybe the biggest moments in my life so far that made me realize that I had to change and that some of this stuff is really into me was when I met my wife and um, she, she already had two daughters and after you know, a few months almost living together we were a family and those two two daughters are my daughters and I cannot look at those two girls and although one is a woman already but <laughs> she's very young it's still gonna be girls very young exactly right? when you your kids so, are always girls yeah right? exactly so these two girls I look at them and they are my daughters it doesn't matter if there is blood of mine or not but that thing made me um, realize and understand what I talk about, what a lot of people talk about, about those connections that we must have other than just a blood-related connection. That we really must uh, be together for some, some reason and any and everything that we went through and that we, still, we are still going through because that's what families are, anything good or bad, anything... Uh, it makes me feel like, okay, I am uh, striving to be my best and avoiding some stuff because I know it's not good for me and I know it's not good for them. Learning how to be less selfish in practice when mm -hmm. you have to let go of some stuff yeah. that you would, have, you would be doing if you were by yourself. And then now you say, okay, no, I can't do this because I am not by myself. Yeah. And this helps me uh, see that all the teachings that I've, I've been listen, listening to and, and studying since I was very young, now it's starting to, it's starting to really uh, look back at me and say, hey, you learned this thing a long time ago. What, what is preventing you from doing it? So it's, it's the time to do it. I think you touch on a very interesting and important topic, which is the differentiation between a, a, a teaching and somebody internalizing that and putting that into practice because uh, we've heard through millennia right oh spiritual life and through different religions and philosophies and why not but I think the, the question that again begs to be asked is one one thing is to listen and to learn a different thing is to live those teachings what happened to you and you marrying you know your, your wife and you really looking at those two beautiful daughters and seeing them as your own daughters Right, the spiritual family, as we learn from Spiritism, right? Yes. We have our material, our, our you know, blood-related family, as well as our spiritual family. They not, might, might not be the same, and often, you know, is the case. But I think this really gives us a different mindset, 
our, our, our paradigm changes mm -hmm. from not only yeah. seeing and looking at the day-to-day -day life, yeah. as Dan mentioned, the mortgages and the bills and, and this, but we looked into what really matters to us, which is our spiritual life. Yeah. And this is when I, when I, I'm going to go back here to something that Flavio was saying before we turned the recorder on to, and that we were, you know, um, that I recall too talking to him while your mom was going through the process. Right, uh, and it looked like, I mean, 11 months is a really long, drawn-out process. It's really hard, but I remember um, Flavio telling me that, you know, that he was really praying for whatever is best to take place. Yeah. And and that's one of the moments when I, for instance, I could see that in Flavio the thing has kicked in because he was no longer asking for what he wanted, but he was considering what was best for others. And I see that in the same thing with Mackenzie, where he's no longer doing what he would otherwise want to do, but he was willing, ready, and willing, and able, right, to do these other things that was not something he would have otherwise considered before. And it's a beautiful thing to see that taking place uh, in other folks. And, uh, and I think that ultimately is when we begin to realize, oh my goodness, I am changing my ways. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't. Sometimes we don't realize that, but people notice in us before we do, which I think is funny too. It is. It's really funny. So what happened, what happened to this person that no longer does this or no longer does that? But I want to. I want to bring back a, an important topic that, or, or several passages in the gospel that we hear, folks going to Jesus and asking him for something, and he always with his you know infinite wisdom, right, uh, telling folks not what they wanted to hear, what it was best for them. I think that's, again, one accepting God's will, I think it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, right? One asking for God's will to be done, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing too, because it moves away, as Daniel mentioned, it moves away from what we want or what we believe is the best, from what our Creator right, knows what's the best for us. Also happens to be the Lord's Prayer. It right? happens to be the Lord's prayer. Make your will, it will be, done, be done. Because you know better than we do. Of course. But recognizing that is hard. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I have to say that, that maybe that's one of the very first times that I, uh, after that one that I just told you guys, that when I realized uh, that I had something internally uh, from all the teachings is um, when, uh, you know, you learn that you have no control over over a lot of things that you think you are on, on control. Mm -hmm. Like when I, I I told you guys, I just told you that I got married and I I have my two daughters, but I got married before that in Brazil before coming here, and I had this big plan in my life that I would have kids and that I would you know stay married forever. And I wasn't able to keep it, and I wasn't able to have those kids, and I wasn't able to have a lot of that stuff. So I had that, that at the time. I did not have that internalized. Yeah. And you I didn't had, have control. You just had it in a different way afterwards. <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. now I had it in a different way. Exactly. Uh -huh. So uh, I was not in, uh, in control, and we, we think that we are in control. And, and uh, when we lose a little bit of that uh, perception of having everything under control, I think we tend to navigate life more uh, in a better way. I mean, in a God's more way, honestly, right? In more a, honestly. Yeah, more ourselves. honestly. Yeah. yeah, just like I mean, you're you're on a sea. You think that you are you have control over the ship that you're, you're 
So you have some control. You can say, I'm driving through this, but you're going to be shaking from one side to the other. Tempest might come. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's basically nothing that you can do about the outside world, but you can do something on the inside. Well said. So if, you, if we keep understanding the teaching and practicing, like Padre just said, not just the learning, but the, the putting it inside and say, hey, look, I have control over this small thing right here, which is what do I put from inside to the outside? What comes from the outside? But I, I can sense our listeners asking the question. Okay, Mackenzie, that's great, but what's the difference then between having control or having free will, being able to decide for ourselves, or letting God decide for ourselves? What is the difference? Yeah. Well, Because the, sometimes, I mean, the way you presented it, which was very eloquently, but people may still think, okay, that's, so that's great that I'm not in control, so don't I have to do anything at all? <laughs> Should just, you know, stay here yeah, yeah, right, yeah, and yeah, relax yeah. and everything else will be done for me? Put it on neutral. God yeah. will take care of that. God <laughs> yeah, will take care of that. Exactly. So is that, is that the, the, uh, the being more spiritual? Is that what that means? No, I don't think so. I think uh, uh, it's, a, it's actually a very good question. And I, I, I tend to like the quote that says, you know, if you don't know where you're going to, any wind is for you. You're not, you don't know where you're going to. So it doesn't matter which wind you're going to take because it doesn't matter what, where you're going to end up being. And that's putting the neutral. That's putting. That's uh, not doing anything on your part. The 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 sailors, which is I, I learned this and I was fascinated. The sailors learned how to sail against the wind. You have to, They can. You have to tack into the wind. That's so. It's amazing. It's such a time, metaphorical beauty. The you first know? time that I saw this and I saw the picture and I saw what kind of maneuvers they have to do it, uh -huh. but they can do it manually with the sail. Uh -huh. They don't need to have a, 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 an engine. An they engine. don't. They, they don't need. Uh, I don't know the name of, of those uh, things. The there. Pedals, the, the, pedals. the pedals. Yeah. Uh -huh. So um, they don't need to do that with the sail. They can go against the wind. That's that's will so it's like the wind blowing against you and you say okay i'm going against you so that's what i that's what i mean i mean i have some control i don't have control over the wind the wind is blowing mm -hmm. but i can from the inside say okay my destination is right there so my destination is being more spiritual that's where i'm sticking to So I can I can have the hope, and the hope gives me that strength mm -hmm. to paddle or to move the and sail around. never to waste a good metaphor, or in this case, an allegory, because we're stretching it out so much. Uh, I love that saying that says that a smooth sea has never made a skilled sailor either. Sure, you true. have to be tested. Yeah. You have to go into the deep end and find these opportunities for improvement that we call problems. Um, and I think understanding that and being okay with that and knowing that you're not always in control lets you be a little bit more uh, okay with that, right? And know that, you know, these challenges are coming. They can be harsh. They can be hard. But I can't tackle them because there's a God. And I will be the better for it eventually. 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 Right? Eventually. From a spiritual perspective. But, um, but as we reach, reach here the end of our time, I, uh, I wanted to turn back to our friends Flavio and Mackenzie to give us some parting thoughts on the topic uh, in general. I think you just had mine, which is um, keep going, 
these challenges actually make you grow better, even though they might seem pretty daunting. Uh, God is with us, and this is a learning opportunity that we will value in the long run. Um, but do stop and give yourself a little bit of slack, because um, you know every once in a while we uh, we realize that we are not as great as we would like to be, and there's many things that we want to work on ourselves, and that's very true, at least for me. But every once in a while, it's okay for you to reflect back and say, you know what, I did this better than I would in the past because now this thing is starting to sink in, right? So that reflection moment too, and is, I guess is an invitation that we leave to everybody, which is, um, think about it. Would you behave, taking Mackenzie's question, right? Would, would you behave differently than you are today? Uh, and if the answer is yes, and it's a positive way, then you have made progress. Congratulations keep going you can do this right and what would you guys say well I would just uh, um, maybe repeat a little bit what I what I said um, the way that I that I see and then these past few days in my life have uh, have been showing me is that anything and everything that we do in our lives matter for the life that we are living right now and any and everything that we do right now matters for the life we're going to have a few minutes from now and a year from now and 10 years and 50 years from now. So whatever um, teaching, whatever experience that we are going through, let's live that life, that moment and really enjoy it and take the best part of it. It doesn't matter if it was something that you thought at the time it was bad, but enjoy it at that moment let it be let it let it go then when it when it's done and then take the best out of it and that's what i've been i've been um, thinking about a lot these past few days that any and everything that i did in the past few years brought me exactly to this moment that i am right here right now with these two great friends daniel and and flavio so right back at you sir right back at you my friends for being here so to me, it's, it's uh, simple yet very complex at the same time because um, life sometimes can be very difficult, can be hard, can be somewhat depressing if you don't really look at it from a different angle. Life can be you know, troublesome, right? Uh, there's a lot, of, you know, a lot of troubles, a lot of difficulties in the world right now. But if we keep our perspective that our true life is the spiritual one, if we can keep our true north, right, uh, that our destination is going to be to be happy. It's going to be a beautiful destination, albeit, right, with a lot of, you know, turnovers, a lot of difficulties, because overall we live in a world of trials of, you know, and expiations. If we see that from these, you know, perspective, from these lenses, it gives us a different way of really tackling the problems, right? So doesn't mean that you're gonna get you're never you're never, never gonna get sad or, or, or you know of course you are. Sometimes we have to. Sometimes it, it, it's not easy to go through some things that happen, right? And we might not even know the cause of these you know afflictions or, or difficulties or problems. But if we keep really the north north star, which is our spiritual life, if we keep doing what we believe it's the best, which is being charitable, helping others, right? Really putting ourselves at last, not at first really looking for what's best for everyone, not only ourselves. If we keep that true to ourselves, everything and anything that we do, right, will put us in a better place tomorrow. And as metaphorically as I would say, yes, we have to honor our past, or the past, 
future is in the future, and the present is this really this gift that God has given us in order for us to really build a better future ahead. All right, so there you go. Another Spiritist Conversations. We hope you have enjoyed this. Uh, and, and I hope that you will follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever the heck we are. <laughs> Thanks for that. Have a great day. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you all.